Welcome to Where We Land, a podcast that explores the relationship between Christ, culture, and the church. I'm Aaron Mansfield, and today I'm joined with my co-host, uh, Morgan McClure. Hey, everybody. And the raccoon slain Stephen Vaughn. Hello. And we're joined today with our special guest, Brian Frady, who is a uh, missionary uh, of our church. And Brian, it's good to have you with us today. I'm glad to be here. And uh, today we're talking about missions. What is missions? So we hope you stay around and join us for the whole episode to come. Guys, it's so good to be here in the studio today. It's so good to have Brian with us. And um, and so we're just going to take a moment uh, to kind of introduce uh, our guest with us today. This is our first guest on the podcast. Yay, number one. <laughs> <laughs> so it is good to have him. But Brian, this is Brian Frady. Brian, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners and uh, give them a little background about just uh, yourself. So as he said, my name is Brian Frady. Um, my background is maybe not the typical what you would think missionary. I never thought I would be a missionary on the field like I am. Um, My background as far as formal training is law enforcement. I'm a criminal justice person. I had almost 20 years in law enforcement Mm. prior to the Lord calling us into ministry. Um, Grew up in Western North Carolina, small Southern Baptist church up there. Uh, Been involved in church my whole life. Uh, Saved when I was nine years old through VBS. So I have a very soft spot for VBS in my heart. Um, mm. But as far as ministry, uh, you know, never, never really knew the world was a big place. Mm. I didn't get on my first airplane until I was about 26 years old. Mm. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, I didn't get a passport until 2010. Uh, and that was our first uh, mission trip, international mission trip. My wife and I went to actually to Uganda, Africa in 2011 with uh, Mission Link. And um, so through that, the Lord used that trip to get my attention. He used that to expand my worldview, but it wasn't by my choice. Uh, My wife, Wendy, and I, we were living in Charlottesville, Virginia. We didn't have kids at the time. And uh, there was a trip came out, said, uh, you know, going to Uganda, Africa, Mission Link. She came in and said, I'm putting a deposit down and I'm going with you or without you. So, you know, it was pretty, pretty much. The pressure. Yeah, she, she may tell it a little different, but that was the nuts and bolts of it. So I thought, well, okay, hey, you know, why not? So went over there and it just sparked something in me that showed me that the world needs to hear who Jesus is mm-hmm. and whose responsibility is that. So it's ours. It's the church. It's the believer. So uh, uh, we were involved in our church there in Charlottesville. Um, like I say, I was working, uh, helped develop a program, teaching forensics to the uh, Department of Defense people. And through that, um, you know, the Lord closed that door mm. and uh, was unemployed for a while. Um, wound up going through a ministry residency program at Brentwood Baptist in Brentwood, Tennessee, then that led us to the application process with the IMB. We're there with uh, the International Mission Board, for people who may not know what that is. Um, it's one of the limitless pathways where actually our sending church uh, and supporters fund us, but we're there 
working with the IMB. So uh, it's been a really good experience so far. A lot of challenges, but, uh, you know, when you step onto the front line, uh, sometimes some heat comes with it. So mm. it's been really good. But that's exciting to see mm. how God mm-hmm. just kind of orchestrated mm-hmm. things in such a way that mm-hmm. uh, led you to the field there where you're at. How long has it been now that you've been in Africa? We've been there a little over two years now in Uganda. Okay. Mm-hmm. In Kampala. Well, today, what we want to do on the podcast is take just some time to really just explore the topic of what is missions. Let me just kind of throw this out to everybody right here. If, if, if you were to maybe think about how is often missions defined or uh, is it talked about in the church today, what do you think are some of those just um, broad spectrum kind of understandings of what is missions? Correct or incorrect? Either or. Okay. Just, okay. You know, what <laughs> would, I was just wondering. What would be, kind of be the first response to some of that? I mean, I think especially in like a Southern Baptist circle and church culture as a whole, mm-hmm. the first thing people would think <laughs> of is like a short-term mission trip. Okay. Mission so, trips that so, happen across the summer, mm-hmm. you know, you go do like a project or something and you come back. That's missions. Right. Yeah. Mor- Morgan and I were discussing earlier, like, how often have we heard like, well, we're going to go build a house. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. But like, that's something that you hear commonly associated with the term missions is we're going to go build this or we're going to go do this Mm -hmm. or we're going to go and fill in the blank or we're going to collect something for them. So we're going to collect shoes. And a lot of times that that gets equated with the term missions, mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah. in church circles. Yeah. I think missions is one of those church words that yeah. gets thrown around a lot that maybe never really gets well-defined. Well, I had a discussion, and I can't remember when it was, but the, we were talking about, well, this church says they're a missional church. And we're huh. like, well, what does, what does that mean? Yeah. What I mean, the mission of the church is to proclaim Christ. So mm-hmm. does that mean if... Aaron, if you preach, you're automatically a missional church. What does that mean? So mm-hmm. I think there is some confusion in what that means. That's right. I yeah. think you have to delineate, are we talking about foreign missions where you are going as a missionary into another culture and another context outside of what you were born in? Is that missions or is the church being the church? You know, it's outreach and loving on people and being part of that community, helping meet people's needs, Mm. whether that be physical or spiritual. That's the church being the church. It is the mission of the church. But I I do think there is some uh, misunderstanding in in those two, and it does bring a lot of confusion Mm -hmm. on what is it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a book I read for one of my um, seminary courses, Define um, Missions, I'm trying to remember the exact wording. I defined it as something that, to the effect of missions is when we take upon ourselves God's mission for mankind. And it was the idea of like there's a difference between just saying I'm on mission, kind of mm-hmm. like what you're saying, because mm-hmm. it's like, well, every Christian is on mission. So mm-hmm. like what are we talking about here? I'm on a mission to Walmart. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like every person sure, is on a mission. Yeah. So yeah. whose mission are you on? Well, it's exactly. God's mission. That's right. And so missions right. is when you make God's oh. mission your mm-hmm. mission, you know? Yeah. When, when, when I hear us talking about missions here, I, I think back to our gospel episode that we did. And as we talked yeah. about the gospel, it's not just a message about salvation. It's not just a message about God, but it is God's message. It's mm-hmm. his message to the world. And, and it's a message that he owns and a message that um, that that he has given. And so when we think about missions, oftentimes we want to associate anything that we do as an aspect of missions. But in actual fact, 
missions is God's mission. That's what we're referring to, right? And so um, there was a quote, I think we all are familiar with it, that uh, Ruder Kipling said that I keep six honest serving men. They taught me all I knew. Their names are what and why and when and how and where and who. And so what we're going to do on the podcast today is just go through those six questions uh, regarding missions and kind of hopefully by the end of the episode, we'll have a more fuller understanding of what missions is and what it looks like. Um, and not just our context in the United States, but around the world, wherever you're listening. So um, there's a verse I want to begin with before we jump in today, and that is Matthew 28. Um, oftentimes we think about this as referred to as the Great Commission. Now, when people talk about it being the Great Commission, what about it makes it a Great Commission? Because that's a word that the Bible does not use about it, but that's a word that often we use to describe it. I mean, I think a lot of times people refer to it as the Great Commission because it was as Jesus is ascending and getting ready to ascend up into heaven, he's giving it as like his parting shot, so to speak, is what people would define that as. And so they would say, well, this is God's great commission for his disciples, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's how many people might have attributed it. But I think I think it even goes a little bit deeper when we actually look into Scripture I believe it's the Great Commission because it is literally the mission that God is setting forth for his disciples and his church to follow throughout the ages. And he's basically like, hey, as you're going, make disciples, and here's how. Teach them, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, you know? And um, it's like he is condensing in in a little attainable couple sentences of this is what it means. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, good. I think it's that transcendent quality of it too. It wasn't just to the people who were there watching him ascend on that mountain. It's everyone who came after that from the fruit of their right. following that commission. Mm-hmm. Of responsibility. Yeah. I and mean, I think about it great in terms of the scope of where it's going and then great in terms of the responsibility. Because listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So we're going to go through kind of these six key questions of missions, and then at the very end, we're going to kind of camp on the last one, which will be the how of mission. But let's just kind of begin first off with the who. Um, Who is missions all about? Well, you want the Sunday school answer? It's about Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it is. I mean, it, it is about him. And it's about his image bearers, Christians, little Christ-like image bearers of him carrying his message to the ends of the earth. Because mm-hmm. as you said, he says he will be with us mm-hmm. to the, you know, everywhere and to the end of the age. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it goes back to our, our gospel episode in the sense it's like it begins with God and his glory. And that is the center of all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think about uh, Ephesians chapter one, Paul says that God predestined us to adoption to himself mm. as sons through Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. what you're saying, Brian. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about Christ. It's mm-hmm. about his work, mm-hmm. his finished work, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious mm-hmm. grace. And so any mission mm-hmm. uh, that you and I are a part of is ultimately about God's glory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of in Acts when um, in that account of how Jesus was talking to his disciples before he left and he basically just says it's Jerusalem, Judea, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I think I think sometimes we gloss over that, but the importance of the ends of the earth means that missions has no boundaries. Mm-hmm. There's no cultural boundary. There's no ethnic boundary. There's no um, 
boundary based upon the morality or lack of morality. And I think sometimes in our own little comfort zones, in our own little bubbles, we can be like, yeah, missions is to the end of the earth, but I'll never go to the ends of the earth. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, time out. <laughs> if you're a Christian, um, according to Romans 6, we talked about last week, on you're dead, <laughs> um, right? And it's Christ's life in you. So mm-hmm. you should probably be willing to go to the ends of the earth if you actually believe in the gospel mm-hmm. and in the Jesus of the gospel. For, for his glory. For yeah, his that's, glory, that's obviously, because it's yeah. his mission. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think, go ahead, Brian. Well, I think, you know, when we start making things personal, that that's when it that's when the the change happens because it's like you said well yeah that Bible verse we all agree with that Great Commission but we make it this thing well that's somebody else's job mm-hmm. you know and for me you know uh, I remember Wednesday night service when we were in Charlottesville praying and I said you know Lord you can have my family you can do whatever just you know making yourself available mm-hmm. and that was a very I'm telling you don't pray that prayer unless you're serious because <laughs> God will swing the door open hmm. and you know uh, when you do that it's not always going to be a bed of roses and I think you know it's there's there's things that you you have to die to self hmm. and that is so hard I mean you know that's that's one of the big things so making yourself available to go is, is one of the first steps hmm. you know who goes yeah um and for me, that you know, that that took a while for me to to, to realize that. That's interesting because I think a lot of times we always focus on who do we go to, mm. and I think we skip over the question that you just brought up of who goes, yeah. <laughs> and so it's just true. like this unanswered question that right. nobody wants to right. answer, and it's like we all look at each other and like, uh, well, you know, Isaiah asked that. Mm-hmm. That's right. You know, that's right. <laughs> you know, send me, and there has to be at some point where you submit to that and. And I don't want to represent on this podcast that, well, everybody needs to be a missionary and go to another culture. No, uh, you need to, you know, God's going to call you to that. You know, it's like he doesn't, he doesn't call everybody to be a pastor. He doesn't call everybody to be a school teacher. Or whatever. That's right. He calls you, but it's being available to do that and, and kind of getting over the fact, well, I could never do that. I mean, I'm not the typical missionary. You know, his background and training, but you know, I, it kind of amazes me sometimes when I look around and see where the Lord's taken us to, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it can be a wild ride at times. But you know, uh, if he if if you're willing to go, he'll open the doors for you. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's even the, you said something earlier, um, Morgan, about uh, you know short term mission trips. Even with that, it's like, well, I could never get a thousand dollars to go. That's the least of your concerns. Mm-hmm. If you make yourself available, you know, somebody will provide those things. Yeah. And you know, somebody within this church or other ones, somebody has to hold the rope here for missionaries. Exactly. I mean, your church and many other people support us that hold the rope here because the Lord hasn't called them, but He's called them to be involved in it. And sometimes mm-hmm. we miss. We kind of get those a little tangled up. Yeah. We need people involved in supporting missions and that work, either through finances and prayer. But, uh, you know. Well, who it's so, about, it's all the same thing, though. Yeah. That's it's what we're trying to say. Yeah. Is we're going back to the understanding that is God saved us. 
he uses us as his creation to go as redeemed people to Mm -hmm. go and take the gospel Mm -hmm. uh, to other people. I think it was John Piper that famously coined the phrase. He said, missions Mm -hmm. exist because worship doesn't, Mm -hmm. you know, and ultimately that's the who we're going for God and his glory because there's other people and other localities. Mm-hmm. And just because God has not called somebody uh, in one instance to, to go as, as God has led you and your mm-hmm. family, you know, to go uh, to that specific place in Africa, God's called each of us to our own uh, context. And, and your context where God's called you and your family is a little different. And so as we think about that, you know, missions is primarily about God. It's not about Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned a good point. It's us being available Mm -hmm. and making ourselves willing to follow the Lord and however uh, he would best see to use our life. And so, you know, who is it about? Well, it's about God. Mm -hmm. It's about Christ. It's about his mission. And what is the goal of missions? I mean, if we were to think, okay, we talk a lot about maybe the beginning section of it, but, but what's the end goal? What's the goal of missions? That's a big question. It is, it is a big question. It is a big question. It's a very complex it's, question. It's loaded. It's a loaded mm-hmm. question for sure. But I mean, I all when whenever I hear like the end goal of missions, I think to to Revelation uh, mm. seven nine mm. or nine yep. seven. I flipped around. But when every people from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language are That's surrounding right. the throne of God and are worshiping and praising mm-hmm. Jesus for, you know. And the, the completion of all history being wrapped up in the salvation of mm-hmm. God and saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Mm-hmm. You know, that to me is is the picture of the end. And that's what we want is so that, um, you know, everyone, the, it's the will of the Lord for everyone to be saved. You know, so that that's the goal is to, to spread the good news, the gospel to where it hasn't been, you know, and and. Because how are people to be saved? And, and hearing, you know, they're That's right. saved Romans, through hearing. I think about yeah, that. Like and how then, shall they hear? Mm-hmm. And, and how shall they hear unless somebody unless someone preaches? Preaches, or, and, you know. and how are they going to go unless someone's sent? Right. Mm-hmm. And so even the word mission is an old Latin word that means missio, which means to send or to be sent. Mm-hmm. And you know, we think about God once again. Missions about God and God loving the world that He sent His only begotten Son, and so now Jesus He sends us out. Mm-hmm as uh, his followers, right? So there's this aspect of, of what, well, what's the end goal? The end goal is that people hear this mm-hmm. gospel, God's message of mm-hmm. salvation, and that, as you said in, in Revelation, that there's people from every tribe, every nation, uh, every tongue. And, and Brian brought out a great point. You're either one of two groups of people. You're either the senders or the sent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and mm-hmm. both of those people are, both of those aspects of missions, when we think about global missions mm-hmm. and that aspect, are both primary because um, the effectiveness of those who are going, I think, is often rooted in the effectiveness of how well people are holding the rope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brian, you, you you can speak to that a little bit, I think, with having been on the field. Um, you know, for those who are listening on the podcast that have never been overseas and they've never um, maybe have been out of the context mm-hmm. of which they're in, give us a little bit of a, a background here of just what it looks like to be a sending church that sends well? Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it's not all about the money, but we don't feed our kids or put fuel in our tank without dollars. I mean, so the financial support is a big thing, but prayer and not losing that connection, you know, mm-hmm. when you're there and it's like, well, does anybody remember that we're over here? Mm-hmm. You know, whenever we get an email, if there's something, say some uh, uh, event that happens near us and you get an email, hey, are you guys okay? You know, that's a big deal, checking up on us. Um, 
you know, with the advent of all the technology today, I can make a phone call. You know, you can mm. make a phone call as long as I have the internet's working and we have power. <laughs> you know, so. But you know, just uh, having that connection and, and knowing people uh, are praying for you, they're supporting you, they want to be involved in what you're doing. Uh, you know, it was interesting. Uh, we participated with your missions conference, and that was you know really neat. I mean, we did the videos. I about pulled my hair out trying to get that big of a file <laughs> sent here to you from over there. But you know that I this is today's the first time I've ever stepped foot on the mm-hmm. property of this church. But right. you guys support us and you believe in what we do and you're involved, and that 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 speaks volumes to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys sent a box, a package, and sent Legos to our kids for Christmas. And actually, last night, whenever I told our oldest son, Henry, I was leaving, he's like, well, who are you going to see? And I said, well, we met the preacher in Ginger, you know, last you know, last year when mm-hmm. you came. That's right. That's right. And, and he's like, well, I don't remember which one. I said, well, you know, he's the one with the beard. You know? <laughs> so, but he said, oh, are they the ones that sent us Legos in that, uh-huh. in that neat box? Uh-huh. So those things, you know, you're impacting my children mm-hmm. over there. So. You know, it's just so many ways that you can be involved. Um, a simple email. Sure. Um, when right. we come home stateside, just knowing that if I need something, you know, we sold all of our cars. I own zero property in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, we're here right now for an unexpected reason. It's like not having to worry about if I need a van to haul my family around in or a place to stay thinking about how that your church can prepare all of those for type the, of ways to all care. those yeah. physical needs but you right. know the praying for us checking up on us our sending church we have member care uh and, and that's a big deal to where we have you know everybody life gets big sometimes mm-hmm. and sometimes you need somebody to just talk to about those yeah. things so uh, th- those are big deal they're just more you know and you would get a different perspective if you that's talk right. to my wife what What's special to her, you know? So, uh, uh, sending me a bottle of sriracha hot sauce because I can't get it over there. So, you know, uh, I'm just kidding. But you know, it's just the gamut of things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just as critical. I, I would say it's just as critical those that are going how well they go as much as those how well they send them. Mm-hmm. And um, and and we're all qualified for missions, mm-hmm. you know. As as a Christian, mm-hmm. we are uh, because we're really insufficient of ourselves, but God's the one who mm-hmm. qualifies us, and then yeah. he obligates us, right? This is a mandate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an optional thing. Uh, yeah. Missions is, an, is a mandate. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Go and make disciples. So what is missions all about? Well, ultimately, it's about making disciples, and um, not just in this context, but wherever our mission staff are located. You know, where we all serve on staff uh, and, and at a church is um, where where our church is at, what we personally believe about missions is that missionaries sent out of our church or in partnership with our church are part of us. They're, mm-hmm. uh, they're a part of our staff. And so it's, um, it's, it's understanding that they're in a different location, but the object, the end goal is the same. It's mm-hmm. making disciples. Um, let's talk a little bit just briefly about, you know, when is uh, the mission mandate over? And I think it's really simple. 
Never. <laughs> well, I mean, this side of eternity, it's not, no, right? Yeah. It's there, not. But there is a day, you know, I think we don't think about that often, that Jesus said the harvest is plentiful, the labors are few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Bible says there is a day on which God uh, will judge the world in righteousness, mm-hmm. and that day is fixed. And so missions is one of those times where uh, there will be an end to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there will be a, an end to uh, where, uh, you know, there is no longer that opportunity mm-hmm. when God will judge the world. And so it's, it's, it, there's an urgency about missions, mm-hmm. an urgency that maybe in America we can grow complacent in. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I love the verse that Morgan shared because um, that, is, that is that end goal, but that's also that time cap. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't know the day or hour. Uh, we're not God. And I think in America, we can get a false sense of security. We can get a false sense of immortality Mm -hmm. um, and comfort. And so urgency takes a back seat to these other feelings. And I think that that's something we have to guard against in our American Christianity and in our American church, so to speak, is that we, we keep the urgency that Christ and the gospel and the Bible um, give to us yeah. whenever it talks about the gospel, because Jesus, Jesus had a sense of urgency. <laughs> there was, I, mean, I even think in, in Revelation, Jesus speaks to the churches, you know, yeah. he says, surely I'm coming soon. Mm-hmm. And there's this aspect of eminency. There's this aspect mm-hmm. of, um, there is an urgency to the gospel and, um, how shall people hear without a preacher? That's mm-hmm. what exactly. Paul says in Romans. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, there, there, there should be a, urgency to mm-hmm. missions or should be an urgency to taking the gospel. You know, we can just briefly talk about where should our mission endeavors focus. And, mm-hmm. and Jesus said, make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, any nation is eligible, right? Yeah. I mean, this is not, um, it's not an either or proposition in terms of local mission or foreign mission. Sure. Yeah. It's a both and. Yeah, exactly. It's both and. Mm-hmm. However, it's very imbalanced, I think, when mm-hmm. people sacrifice one for the other. Uh, I know I've been in churches before where they had a wall of missionaries a mile long and they bragged they had everything to do with world missions but they looked absolutely nothing like the zip code in which they're placed Mm -hmm. and nobody that lives within a two mile radius of the church is in church yeah and nobody knows about jesus within a two mile radius well that is a travesty that is that is highly um imbalanced or the church who, man, they look like their zip code and they're rocking it, but global missions, that's something we, we just can't be involved with. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think that this is a relationship, and we often want to cut them and splice them and make them into what we want them to be and make them fit into our perfect little churchy boxes. But they both relate to one another and off one another in a way that I think we sometimes are unwilling to see and go with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, um, you're talking about it looking like uh, your culture and your zip code. I think that's one of the big things that you have to be aware of when you go cross-culturally. Now, I've been there two years. I'm absolutely not this expert, but I've been there long enough to know that you will gain more ground with people in a different culture when you're on their ground. Yeah. You know, they don't want to see... Catawba Valley Church transplanted mm-hmm. to yeah. Africa or neither Haiti should or it be. Where, and mm-hmm. neither should it be. You're right. exactly right. So how do we go into the um, 
the culture properly. And so, you know, we, we use a model, uh, the four fields is yeah. kind of what we use. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Um, and it's that whole entry. Yeah. Where, where are, number one, confirm your calling before yeah, you get to the head. Let, so. Well, let's talk about that. Let's, yeah. let's, let's go to that how. question. The, really the how. How. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the how of missions because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think um, Brian was sharing with us something earlier that I think is so helpful. Um, probably many people on our podcast would be new to hearing this four fields mm-hmm. approach uh, to ministry. Brian, could you give mm-hmm. us a snapshot of, of what that is? Well, it's a church planting model. You can you can Google it and find a lot of resources, a lot of videos out. But the nutshell is, if you can imagine uh, drawing uh, a square box, uh, and well, what other what other box is it? Is a square box? <laughs> <laughs> a, 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 square, a square box, uh, and, and you divide it into four quadrants equal size. And then in the middle of that, just draw a circle. Okay. So you got to keep that kind of mental picture. So it's, this is a just something to hang some hooks to hang some ideas on. So that first field or that first box is the entry field. So this doesn't apply just to a missionary in a foreign context, but even the local church here. That's right. Mm-hmm. This could US. be applied in any yeah. church uh, mm-hmm. missional situation yes. setting. Yeah. So for for. Our family entering into the other culture. What does that mean? Well, our first year is dedicated to the study of the language and the culture. Um, you know what? What is offensive? What isn't offensive? Mm. Uh, how do you greet people? You know, is it okay for me as a male to touch a female to shake her hand or what? All those things. One of the things that blew my mind the first time I went to Africa. Uh, this, you know, she's probably a little older than me. Uh, I greet her and she, you know, goes down on on her knees and like bows. And I'm like, no, get up out of the, you know, don't do that, you know. But that's their greeting. They're showing you respect. Well, it caught me totally off guard. Mm. But yeah. not knowing that, you know, it would be inappropriate for me to make her get up because mm. that's mm. what she's expected to do. So the entry, knowing your community, the context here. At Catawba Valley, if you guys just, if you decide you wanted to plant a church, you know, four counties over, well, what's the makeup of the county? Yeah. You know, what what are hot topics that you need to know about that's going on in the community? So knowing, entering into that culture well and actually adopting some of those things. I mean, you know, we see Paul doing that. You see him relating to yeah, people you know. regardless yeah. of their yeah. background, regardless of their upbringing. Yeah. All things to all people. All things to all men, that I might save some. That's right. Paul had this type of really missional approach, even when Mm -hmm. he gets into Athens or places like that. It was just like he was willing to understand where people Mm -hmm. are coming from Mm -hmm. in order to build a bridge Mm -hmm. to really Mm -hmm. appropriately um, and clearly Mm -hmm. present Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So entering well, and I think when we do that, and this whole thing is a very strategic process. one of the things I see, there's a lot of well-intended organizations and churches and people that will go into context to do, you know, work for Christ. I mean, to share the gospel and stuff, but they just run into it and they're using the lens of their daily life and they're applying that to where they're going, thinking, well, these people surely need, you know, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a funny video I saw on YouTube. It was it's a spoof where it's this mission organization and they're selling these um, blenders 
uh, are giving these blenders away, like, you know, the Starbucks blenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And they're in these African villages handing them out, you know, and they're all enthusiastic. And the Africans are getting them and they're looking at them like, well, we don't even have power. <laughs> so, but, you know, to these people doing it, well, everybody needs one of these, you know, yeah. this mixer, you know, to make this with. So it's a good idea, but it's not applied. So entering well, that mm-hmm. keeps you from distributing or doing something that maybe is not needed. And so you're saying you're understanding well the culture, the culture. understanding well the people, uh, the background. Exactly, all those And things. that's all part of that top left quadrant yeah. of entry. Entry. And then, uh, and then there's a top right quadrant. Yeah. That which moves is you into evangelism. Evangelism. Okay. So once you know who your community or who your people group is, well, now you want to reach them with the gospel message. If it was primarily Muslim, that would mean you would witness or share the gospel in maybe a different way than you would if it was, uh, you know, Chinese. I, just there's questions about Christ, and there's mm-hmm. going to be questions about uh, Christianity and different mm-hmm. things that people mm-hmm. from a different background mm-hmm. are going to. Mm-hmm. Uh, still the same gospel. Still though. the same yeah. gospel, right? But gospel. but their upbringing their might give them might different, different backgrounds mm-hmm. to where you have to relate to mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So can you give us the practical illustration you used earlier at lunch about uh, sharing with a Muslim and um, someone who is Islamic and how? Yeah, I mean, if you if you were sharing the gospel, say, hey, I want to tell you about Jesus. Oh well, I know about Jesus because their religious background, they think Jesus is a prophet. So. Mm-hmm. You're not introducing them to they know that person, right? You know they 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 get they come with that. their own preconceived yeah. background of what they understand. So that to be, knowing yeah. how to approach that conversation, or even if you if you share have a gospel presentation with them and they don't uh, want to accept Christ as their Savior, that you can pray for them. Say, hey, can I pray for you? And make sure you're praying in the name of Jesus. And make mm-hmm. sure, you know, and, and, you know, some Muslim contexts are very much into visions and dreams. Mm-hmm. And they're saying, you know, I hope the Lord speaks to you. Yeah. I hope he speaks to you in a dream and a vision to reveal to you who he is. We're talking about the God of the Bible, the mm-hmm. creator of the earth. So knowing how to do evangelism uh, in those evangelistic areas, uh, efforts in that context but you learned how to do that when you entered well. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So now let's drop to the center of the box. You have the circle in the center. The circle is leadership development that's going on the whole time. So while you're entering, when you go into a community and you go in, let's say if it's here in Catawba Valley and you go down to the little store, you strike up a conversation with the owner of the store. He may or may not be a Christian but he's friendly and accepting to the gospel message and who you are. He can be your ally here in this community. And you see that he gets it. Mm-hmm. And then he responds to that evangelism effort, that sharing the gospel message. So you're developing a potential leader here within the church or another, you know, a follower of Christ, which that leads us to that bottom box of the next box, which is discipleship. Mm-hmm. So, that entry phase, you went to that store, you met that store owner, you shared the gospel with him. You know, now he's on fire for Christ. You've got to disciple him. So now you're in discipling. And in our context in Africa, there's this big thing where it's a Bible study. 
we talked about this yeah, over the, lunch. The, yeah, discipleship yeah. Bible study. Yeah, it's like, well, we're <laughs> That's actually not too different than America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would mm-hmm. often think people mm-hmm. probably think discipleship in America mm-hmm. is you led somebody through a Bible study. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or a class. Yeah. Or I a think class. I think it's like, in a, I think in a lot of churches in America, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, you were in a class or you completed this book. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen churches too that'll have like books on discipleship. Mm-hmm. And when you get like through part five of the discipleship material, you're a disciple, mm-hmm. <laughs> but can you like speak yeah. to like how how actually do we disciple if it's not mm-hmm. just a class or a Bible study? Well, it might include some of that. What is it truly well, though? Well, I think you have to just. I mean, uh, I'm not the smartest person, but we just have to default. What does the Bible show mm-hmm. us? You know, we saw Jesus. He 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 had a lot of multitude, and it, and the pyramid just keeps going down to this select few that he was with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's spending time with him. You know, and and as we said at lunch, I I didn't grow up having this relationship discipled. So, you know, uh, parents of kids, it's if you can get this concept, because it's, it's tough uh, to disciple, because there, there's, there's a cost mm-hmm. for you yeah. that you are going to get into the mess and the thick of someone's life. I mean, you're living life with them. And it's the hardest thing for me. I'm... I'm you know, I'm I'm not a, an emotional person on a lot of levels, so it's, it can make you feel uncomfortable because you're going to have to hear all their stuff, and also the Bible, the the Bible story and teaching part. You know, you think, oh, I know New Testament. You know, I can I know all that. I know mm-hmm. Old Testament. I've been in seminary and all that. But then you're with somebody that's seeing you live your life out, and mm-hmm. it holds a big mirror up in front of you, and it can be embarrassing and humbling and shaming. So. I think because gospel is more than information. Yeah. It's what we've been talking about. It's transformation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and there's this line between the boxes of evangelism and mm. discipleship, which is truly mm-hmm. a born again experience. Yeah. Somebody having placed their faith and trust mm-hmm. in Christ. I mean, the call, the offer of the gospel, it, we all come to that mm-hmm. the same way. Mm-hmm. There's not multiple different ways to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, mm-hmm. let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow mm-hmm. me. And so that begins mm-hmm. to be a disciple of Christ and also a disciple uh, uh, maker. But what you're talking about in this quadrant of discipleship Mm -hmm. is more than just simply attending a class. It's more than Bible knowledge. Mm -hmm. It's even more than mentorship, as we were talking about today. Well, it's living life with people. And, you know, it's difficult. To Mm To me, this is one of the hardest steps. You can go learn the language. You can go, you know, learn your community here. Mm -hmm. You can go share the gospel with people. You know, if you're... You know, I'm numbering. It's not my message. If you don't like it, you can take it up with the person that sent the <laughs> message. Okay, I'm just here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but then when you get to discipleship, is really that's where the rubber meets the road. Mm-hmm. This is where it starts getting personal, yeah. and it's the toughest part. And you know, it's one on one or one on two, and it's that constantly trying to figure out. Well, once this is going to have a time period to it, okay. we're not hooked at the hip for 25 years. Right. You know, if not, we're doing what, you know, well, we go to church every Sunday and punch our card. No, you need, who are you going to be discipling? Mm. Who, are, who are you going to invest in? And, and it's, it's tough. I, it's tough. Yeah, and I think, I mean, would you agree that discipleship is often one of the parts that's left out of a mission strategy the most? Or because um, you talk about the difficulty of it and the reciprocity as well mm-hmm. and that replication of disciples mm-hmm. over and over. Ask that question again. 
do I think it's something that's left out? Yeah. Do you think it's do you think uh, entry and evangelism and even the church itself it gets more attention than discipleship? I think because of the nature of it, because it is so personal. I think in the context of the United States, you know, we live in a culture where we do what we want, when we want, how we want. Mm. And sometimes we as the church say, well, you know, that's, we, we throw that over on the rest of the culture mm. because they do whatever they want to do. They don't have any responsibility. Mm. Well, well, we kind of do it too a little bit. We, you know, this gets personal. Yeah. This gets in the things that are uncomfortable. And, you know, let's just face it. There is a biblical standard. That's right. Mm-hmm. And when we're wa- walking together, uh, you know, we're holding each other accountable, and that's tough. You know, what does it say? The wounds of a brother? I mean, those are good things, mm-hmm. but, buddy, they still hurt. It's that's called right. a wound in there. It's not <laughs> doesn't say the hugs of a brother. It says the wound. So, you know, it's just like even in marriage. I mean, some of the you know biggest you know, times for me is when my wife is like, whoa, what are you doing? So it's the personal part. And I think yeah. that's one of the reasons why we dodge it because we don't mm. feel comfortable. Um, but if we look, the Bible says that. We see Paul saying, do what I do. Mm-hmm. So we have the Bible. I think sometimes it's the confidence. Well, who am I as this right. broken sinner right. to be able to tell someone, well, this is right. This mm-hmm. is how you're supposed to. But, but we do have that. We do. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you, I think you see it in the Gospels where somebody comes to Jesus, their life has changed. And they know nothing in terms of maybe Christian formation mm-hmm. or things that we would, you know, think about today. Mm-hmm. And yet they can turn right around and bring somebody to Jesus, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. And um, and I also think about, you know, the ways that people came to Jesus were always messy. Mm-hmm. And um, the situations that people were dealing with, uh, I mean, you look at the situation that Paul speaks to the church about. And as they're growing in grace, I mean, he's not speaking to unsafe people. He's speaking to Christians. Mm -hmm. And you see what he's calling them out for Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of their idolatry, in Mm -hmm. terms of their immorality, in terms of things that... You know, it was messy. I, I think at one of our mission staff, he he um, he often says this. He says, "What happens when you feed sheep?" He said, "Sheep poop," <laughs> and he's like, "It's messy. It's yeah. there's this aspect of you're getting involved mm-hmm. in people's lives, and when people are fed the truth of God's word and they begin to grow." A lot of times these, like you're saying, mm-hmm. not only issues in their life, but issues in our own life mm-hmm. and inadequacies in our own life yeah. and things that the gospel confronts us in mm-hmm. that requires either I change mm-hmm. by God's sp- power or, or, or sometimes we just walk away from, mm-hmm. from or, or we step away from, from really following after Christ. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so there is that top left quadrant of entry, and mm-hmm. then the top right one is evangelism. evangelism. Bottom right is discipleship, and then the bottom left would be is what we say church. Okay. So that's and again that leadership development through this whole process, you are determining, and you know the Holy Spirit speaking to you and speaking to others. You know it's funny how the Lord brings people together. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean. He brings ragtag people with all of our hang-ups and all that together, you know, and he speaks the same message to us. And us being together as a group of believers, you know, the church, not a building, but a group of believers and church-specific who are, uh, you know, taking the ordinances of, of the Lord's Supper and who are baptizing. Those are two of the distinctives of 
what the church is. So, you know, getting to that church, does that start out in a house church? Maybe in your context. Does it mean a group of people that's a small group study and they go build a building, a church building? Maybe in your context, but it's getting to that that group of believers who are acting as the church, the way we see the Bible. And really what constitutes the church, right? The ordinances of the church, the uh, leadership of the Mm -hmm. church, the structure of a church, kind of that, not the building per se, that might be an element of it, it, but it's... um, it's, uh, you know, I, we, we brought this out over lunch. I think this was really helpful uh, for Brian in the context where he's in, in Africa. Uh, very different than uh, in the United States. Mm-hmm. You know, often in the United States, when we think about church, our first thing is to think about building. Mm-hmm. Africa, they often think about people. Mm-hmm. And for us, building becomes a thing, a, a way of facilitating ministry. Mm-hmm. In actual fact, Brian was showing us over lunch how the church building in Africa actually becomes a, a sanctuary. Yeah, it tends to be because uh, in in our specific context where we are, we have have a lot of slums. So we have people that they don't have a home. Mm -hmm. Or if they have a home, it's, you know, the size of your closet. How are they going to have church that, you know, in a building? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the church does need somewhere to meet. Uh, Where we are in Kampala, uh, there's not a tree to meet under. I mean, we don't have any city (laughs) parks. We don't have... So, you know, the building actually becomes that sanctuary. So that actual building becomes a place for them to gather. Uh, But, you know, you don't want to see that church become an idol either. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, because it will swing the other way. Well, we can't pray unless we're in the church. Mm -hmm. Or we can't sing this song or have this study unless we're in the church. And so, you know, there's this tension about that, too. Right. So where here in the U.S., you know, we build a building and everything's in. Mm-hmm. You know, invite people to come to church, you know, and <laughs> which, is, yes, I mean, don't anybody hear me wrong think I'm saying sure. don't come to church. Yeah, come to church. <laughs> but, um, you know, it is one of those things. There's this active component in everything Jesus did. He was always going. He was always going, going, going. And it's like I was saying at lunch, it's not like... Um, that movie Field of Dreams, build it and they will come. No, no, <laughs> right. no, that's know, not no. That. We go. That's right. Because the, the Bible says that yeah. no one is searching. You know, the Holy Spirit's praying. Jesus is praying for us. Mm-hmm. He's searching us, but nobody's looking no for him. No man seeks after God. That's yeah. right. right. Nobody seeks after him. So, you know, we have to go. Yeah. We have to go. So. Well, I think that's a great strategy because it it um, it, it so simply mm-hmm. shows the how of mm-hmm. missions, right? Mm-hmm. That regardless of the context, um, there's all mm-hmm. four of those things. And what I love about it is it's not just a linear pattern yeah. mm-hmm. because often in our American way of thinking about things, we think about things in linear mm-hmm. progression. But life in where, general is often not But linear. no, it's never that way. And the cool thing about thinking about the four fields of ministry mm-hmm. is that for every disciple that we are a part of that process in every quadrant of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like there are people that we are entering with. There are people we're evangelizing. Mm-hmm. There's people we're discipling. We're a part of a church if we're in Christ. And and there's this leadership development happening, whether we are being poured into ourselves by other people or we're pouring ourselves into people. And I think it helps to see that that the church is is not always this kind of cookie cutter approach to once you complete this class, this class, mm-hmm. this class, oh, now you can be a disciple mm-hmm. maker. But to show that 
God saved us to be a disciple maker. Like the moment we come to Christ, we are a disciple. And what it means to be a disciple is to make disciples. I mean, that's what it means. Yeah. I also love the, I love the four fields too, because the focus of it is on reproduction mm-hmm. and multiplication. So just like there's an entry, there's also a, a place where mm-hmm. you said as a uh, person who's facilitating some of this and helping mm-hmm. with some of this, there's a place where you can exit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that sustainability. Was, mm-hmm. It's not going to die mm-hmm. if the person who began steps away. Can we talk away. about that for a minute? Because that needs to be talked we, about here. In America, I feel like we've been built upon these folklore of missions in the past mm-hmm. of where they went for 50 years yeah. and they lived and they slaved over everything and over their work. and They packed in their coffins because they knew they were going to die there. And, and these I great things happen. I one of those. I don't plan on that route. I don't yeah. plan on it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but like what happens... Um, and I think you can speak to this even so much because you've had to come off the field due to mm-hmm. COVID and things and other things that's going on with your family. Mm-hmm. And I think you can speak directly to this. So how does this approach help now that you're back yeah. with those that you're ministering to there? Well, the one field after church, it's not a field. It's if you draw a line off of the church model for us, it's exit. Mm-hmm. So how do we work ourselves out of a job? Um, you know, if we are going into the context of another country and we're setting up ministries that we are the hinge pin on that, then we probably need to rethink that because what happens if you are taken out of that mix? Mm -hmm. Like right now we came home for some medical issues. Um, so if there was anything that I was doing that, now is not going on, then I need to reconsider that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, our role is to walk alongside believers there, help equip them. One of the big things we're trying to do is church health, uh, work through uh, the association there in Kampala to determine where are some healthy churches and how can we help equip them to, you know, get this picture here, to work with what they have. If I roll up with a truckload of equipment and give it to them and say, here, this is all you need to do this presentation and then leave, well, once the equipment wears out, breaks or whatever, they don't know what to do because mm-hmm. you, you, you've set them up in a situation. So this four fills model, you can draw it out on the sand mm-hmm. on a right. piece of paper, and it's a visual thing to get it between that and the Bible that's all the resources you need here. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I even think about, as we talked about the four fields model, I just so think of the Great Commission passage mm-hmm. because it's so represented yes. in how that diagram is shaped. I mean, that's based in Scripture. It's based out of that Great Commission passage of going, entering well, mm-hmm. uh, really making disciples. This evangelistic, mm-hmm. it requires presenting the gospel to people so that what? So that people could receive Christ, become a disciple, and be taught all things and there's a mm-hmm. that's a that's a process mm-hmm. and that doesn't happen mm-hmm. overnight yeah. but it doesn't need a lot of extra things it needs scripture mm-hmm. it needs god's word and so i think there's there was an attitude maybe a number of decades ago with missions that you know we go out of america taking america's gospel mm-hmm. <laughs> that we've added all these things mm-hmm. to and hope that that gets replicated in all these different countries yeah. and that's just not the fact i mean you look at you look at the landscape of the world today and i think isn't it right that it's isn't it's South Korea is one of the largest per capita mm-hmm. mission sending yeah. uh, uh, countries, and now they're sending missionaries, missionaries even into the United States. Mm-hmm. And so, 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 what is all this? This means that God has has commissioned His church for His glory 
to make disciples of all nations. And, and we find our most delight. I think that's our final question, and that is the why do we go? Mm-hmm. And I think it's really simple. I think it's two words. It's for joy. Uh, Psalm 67, the Bible says, Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. Mm-hmm. And so that's the reason. I mean, that's the reason Brian and his family have have, have followed God's call to mm-hmm. Kampala. That's the reason why, as you're listening today, God has led you in whatever place you are and is using the abilities and skills and and things that you have uh, been gifted by God. Why? So that missions is experiencing this joy, seeing people enter into the kingdom of heaven, yeah. people being snatched from hell and now placed in the kingdom of God, people that now know what it means to worship Mm-hmm. this God who they were made in his image. And and one day I think there is this joy of standing before the Lord with the mandate that he has given us. And I think about Paul's words in First Thessalonians chapter 2, for what is our hope and joy and crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Mm-hmm. He says, is it not you? For mm-hmm. you are our glory and joy. And Paul was talking about the church. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about what he had given his life for. And uh, that's what compelled him to go. That's what that's what energized him as he went. Mm-hmm. And so as we just kind of kind of wrap this up today, Brian, anything else that you'd like to share with us or the listeners today? Well, I'll add one other verse that's always been special to me. It's the Philippians 3.14. If you get a personal email from me, this is kind of on my tagline. Mm-hmm. It says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's why we do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, I, I would, not every day is great on the field, you know, but the Lord has us there and he has us there for this season, you know, and, uh, one of our, one of our pastors at our sending church, he says this, he says, don't pity the missionary cause they've got a front row seat to watch God work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you do get to see that, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's all, it's about him. That's right. And, and, mm-hmm. and it's tough cause it's the dying self, but you know, it, it's worth it. It's worth it. Well, listen, we're so glad that you've joined us for the podcast today, and uh, we hope that this has been a help and encouragement to you as you've been able to kind of more formulate the understanding of what is mission, and we hope that uh, you're a part of God's mission and, uh, and that you're involved in taking His message of the good news of Jesus Christ to people wherever you're at. Thank you for listening to Where We Land, Christ, Culture, and the Church. Listen, if there's anything you heard us talk about on the show today that you'd like to know more about, we'd love to hear from you. So send us your thoughts, questions, and feedback by sending us an email at podcast at whereweland.org. On our next episode, we'll be considering miracles in the modern age. We look forward to seeing you next time.